This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3807 for Tuesday, the 7th of March, 2023. Today's show is entitled, People Builds a Computer. It is the 20th show of Brian in Ohio and is about 34 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, Brian starts the process of building an 8-bit retro computer. Hello, Hacker Public Radio. Brian in Ohio here. I'm out from under my rock, and I'm doing another uh, group of shows on a project that I've become uh, interested in. And um, so you might notice the title of the show is uh, Peepaw Builds a Computer. And you might answer, ask yourself, who's Peepaw? Well, that's me. And that's, uh, at least that's who my um, grandson, who's two years old, has uh, started calling me. He calls me Peepaw. And... Uh, and I've thought, you know, I'm into a little bit into computers and, and electronics and hobby stuff. And I'm thinking maybe sometime in the future when he's a little older, it'd be uh, fun to um, show him a computer that he, if he wants to, wants to could build and we could build it together. Uh, so, so to get a little bit of a lead turn on this, I thought oh, maybe I should go through this uh, myself and document it on uh, HPR um, and um, as a template as uh, some notes to myself in the future when uh, me and my grandson might uh, run through this project in uh, together in real life. So uh, why a retro computer? There's a couple reasons. The uh, first is I think that um, an 8-bit computer is a computer that uh, anybody could put together and kind of really delve into the inner workings uh, of a of a computer you can do it with a microcontroller too and but it's um, being more a microcontroller having all of its components inside of itself it's a little bit uh, more interesting to have all the peripherals and everything on the outside and having to put that stuff together uh, it gives you some real understanding of what's going on um, you know at a, at a real foundational level and uh, so then I, you might ask, why the Z80? Uh, I, I grew up using Commodore 64s, which are 6502 based. But when you look at the, the cost of a 6502 chip now, they're about $15, whereas a Z80 is um, less than five. And so uh, cheap is a, a important part. I think uh, having something that's inexpensive, they can do the, do the, uh, uh, do, take care of the goals that you want to meet. That that's the way to go. There, uh, 6502s and Z80s are both still uh, available. I, they might even. I think the Z80s. I know they're still making them. I don't know if they still make them in the in the dip packages that they're, they're, I'm going to use for this project. But um, certainly they're out out there, easy to get. And um, and did I say they're cheap? Yeah, they're cheap. So that's that's the way to go. So my plan is. Um, to, I want to build this from scratch. I, there's, there's certainly lots of kits out there. There's lots of um, uh, very well done boards and and tutorials online. And and I've looked at a lot of those things and and I'm garnering knowledge from. Them. That's great. But I want to build this from scratch. I want to be able to point to, to this thing and say, yeah, I put that here. I did this here. I made this mistake there. Things like that. And so the 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 real template that I'm using is. Um, a computer called the Tech One, 
um, the Tech One was introduced in the 80s uh, at Talking Electronics magazine. So uh, Talking Electronics was an Australian um, magazine that didn't last that long, 15 or so uh, um, uh, issues. And in uh, three or four of them, they described this computer, this Z80 computer that you could build. Looks a little bit like um, a, uh, uh, a Kim one. Kim one was um, a, a single board computer that was built by Moss Technologies, basically as a marketing device for their 6502 chip. Um, so the Tech One uses a Z80, and it, there's uh, the, all those issues are available on the website. Uh, basically, everything that that uh, the uh, the founder of um, Talking Electronics, his name is uh, um, Colin Mitchell. He's basically put everything that he ever has done out in the public domain, and he he encourages people to to use his ideas and use his stuff to, to build projects and learn about electronics. Kind of, kind of a cool idea. Um, a guy thinking ahead about free culture uh, long before, well, long before it was, you know, really a, a popular to say open source like it is now. Um, another book that's out there is called uh, uh, Build Your Own Z80 Computer. It's a 1981 book written by... Um, Steve Ciaracia, Ciaracia, and uh, there's um, uh, it's available at archive.org. Uh, uh, there's links for every all this stuff in the show notes, um, and that book's um, kind of the kind of a a good plan, a good foundation of or a good uh, roadmap on how to build something, a system, uh, starting from nothing. There's things in it that that aren't going to be ac- applicable. Some of the RAM he uses uh, dynamic RAM, and uh, not, I probably won't use that. Although I might in the future, might maybe I don't know. But uh, there's other things, and there's parts that he uses that have been that you can find uh, that are hard to get, and you'd have to substitute. So those those are just some of the little things you have to, to uh, you know, as you go along, you have to figure out how you're going to do it and how other people have maybe gotten around some of the problems. Uh, to get started, I'm going to uh, very, do the most basic thing is I'm going to build a no-op tester, uh, which I'll explain uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, but there's a link at uh, the Z80.info site, and it shows a picture of a no-op tester. And it, um, we're going to, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it not with hardware. I'm going to use software. And like I said, I'll explain in a second. So I also want the system to be expandable. I want it to be able to grow and uh, try to see, uh, push the limits, see how far I can get with uh, building a system like this. Uh, I want to keep the cost down, so that's uh, that's always going to be in the in the for, forefront of the idea. Uh, and um, it, even if it's more difficult, but a little bit less expensive, maybe I'll uh, go with the more difficult route. And uh, eventually, what I, my goal would be to work up to a system like the Jupiter Ace. So, Jupiter Ace was a a, a computer um, that was built oh in the uh, again around the same time the in the eighties. Um, see if I can pull up the page here. Uh, yeah, it built in the. Um, 
a computer that looks a little bit like the uh, Sinclair uh, ZX, uh, ZX Spectrum or ZX81, both computers that really don't have any any uh, knowledge of, or I never got to use those things here, being here in the uh, United States of America. Um, the um, but the Jupiter Ace, uh, its big difference. Well, there's lots of differences, but one of the the main difference from a user perspective, uh, then compared to the ZX80s or 81s, is the uh, that it boots into fourth. Um, and if you haven't noticed, I do like fourth as a computer language. And so, whereas other systems were booting into basic, the designers of the Jupiter Ace had it uh, boot into a fourth environment and used fourth for its um, main interaction with the computer. So that's the plan. So how to get started? The, to get started, I'm going to build a no-op tester and, and do a no-op test on a Z80 chip that I have right now. And uh, to do that, I'm going to use uh, an Arduino Mega board and some fourth to spin up the most basic Z80 system. Now, again, this is not a, a new idea. There's a project at 8-Bit Force that's called a Retro Shield, and they have a shield for an Arduino Mega that um, that you can do basically what what I'm going to do right now. Um, but I. Um, I don't want to use the Arduino IDE. I, I'm happy with fourth, and I understand fourth, and I think fourth is a better way to go with a microcontroller anyway. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, but it turns out a no-op test is pretty pretty easy, actually. Uh, if you give a Z80 chip um, a 5 volts, a clock, and the right data on the data bus, it will just happily start... Uh, running through its address space doing nothing it's basically does no operation a no op test and so that's uh, that's what this uh this episode's about actually is to is to get a no op tester uh, functioning uh but uh, there's actually another step back from there um most of the no op testers that you'll see out there use uh LEDs and resistors and probably some kind of external like a five-five-five timer for the clock, and put those things together to um, to do the no-op test. And what I want, what I propose doing is to do uh, to use all of the capabilities of the of the um, Arduino Mega board uh, in order to um, not have to use any um, not have to use any. Uh, LEDs or anything. Just, a, just actually, my goal here is to use an Arduino Mega, the, the, uh, a, a solderless breadboard, the Z80 chip, and just a few wires to get the to get the job done to see if this chip actually still works. And in order to do that, I'm going to make a logic probe, and uh, a, specifically a logic probe. Um, a software logic probe uh, in fourth. Basically, what I'm going to make is a is a frequency counter, uh, u- using the facilities of the Arduino Mega to do that. Um, it, I, if you don't know what a logic probe is, there is a link in the show notes for that. And for uh, but for uh, this episode, I've actually. Uh, went to an app note that's available at the microchip yeah microchip website 
which uh, microchip um, mi microchip um, bought acquired at Atmel, which was the makers of the Atmega chips, and uh, but they acquired all of their app notes and everything. So there's an app note DOC eight three six five, and it talks about using a, a AVR microcontroller as a frequency counter and uh, in that um, in that app note there's a section about um, uh, using a gated method to um, to do frequency counting and so to what that means is you're going to um, uh, you're going to get a you, you whatever you're going to use it, uh, what they call an external interrupt um, to count how many times something uh, how many times something uh, uh, cycles from high to low um, and in for a certain period of time and then if so they use a hundred milliseconds as a as a as a, as an idea and then if you if you take that how many times you counted it in 100 milliseconds you multiply you, you multiply it by 10 you get a frequency pretty simple system uh and so they're in the um flash forth at the flash forth website um there's a um a tutorial on counting uh button presses and that's pretty helpful in designing this frequency counter this logic um logic probe uh, and there's a link in the show notes for that too. Uh, just it tells you how to how to set up um, some registers on a different kind of chip, a PIC chip. But you know, it's it, with a little bit of thought, you can easily set it up on a on a um, an AVR chip an, or, or an old AVR chip, an AdMega chip. Um, so this project's going to need uh, an Arduino Mega running Flashforth, and uh, Arduino Mega is the the reason to use that versus the regular Arduino Uno is because of the amount of, of I.O., the, the amount of pins that are available on it. The Arduino Mega has uh, four 16-bit uh, timers, two 8-bit timers. It's got 50, uh, 50 pins as in, that you can use as input and output, so there's plenty of I.O. space to interact with a Z80 chip. Um, some of the uh, some of the other things you'll need to do this project is the data sheet for the uh, at Mega twenty five sixty uh, link in the show notes, uh, some jumper wires and a Z eighty and a solderless breadboard, which I should add that uh, to the show notes here. I'll do that. Add that there. Um, uh, solderless breadboard. Um, so I've, I've done this. I've, uh, written some fourth, uh, words to, uh, solve this problem. Uh, fourth is a, is a problem oriented language. You start with a base dictionary and then you create words to, um, solve the problem that we have. So the problem that we have is I wanted to be able to make software logic probe and so a logic probe at its very simplest uh, will tell you we, you, are, you can probe inside of a digital system and see if a pin is high uh, whatever the high voltage level is in this case it'd be 5 volts or low which is ground so in the um, 
or zero volts and uh, or if the pin is pulsing if it's if it's transitioning through those states it's not going to give you a frequency and that's really not its point the point is hey is there activity on that pin is there or is it just high or low and with that you can do some diagnosis it's a troubleshooting device and that's what we're going to use it for too but we're going to instead of buying one which you can still do easily they're not that expensive we're just going to use this Arduino Mega to do those things and so in order to do that um, I think I've mentioned this before the best way to look at at uh, uh, initially at if you're just glossing through some fourth code which is here in the show notes um, is to start from the bottom the, the, the bottom most word is probably the most is probably the word that will uh, get you the farthest in understanding what's what's going on in this uh, in this collection in this vocabulary and so the first the bottom most word in this uh, little bit of code is sample pin and so sample pin uh, has, says uh, the line sample pin has first off it has a little uh, uh, parentheses and a couple dashes and that's a kind of a that is a fourth um, uh, standard no not standard is not the right word a fourth um, uh, yeah I guess standard it's the it's a called a stack effect comment basically what it's what it says is that this sample pin has nothing coming in on the stack and it leaves nothing on the stack when it's done. And so what it does is it it calls a word open gate, it then waits, it then closes the gate, and then it calls a word process data. So it's this this uh, sample pin is def- is defined by these uh, four words: open gate, wait, close gate, and process the data. And so if you've if you listen, then you know that this is this is what we talked about in the frequency counter. We're going to open a gate, wait for a period of time, close the gate, and then we're going to look at see how many counts we got to see what frequency this pin is oscillating at. Or if the uh, barring that, if there's no oscillation, is it high or low? So uh, then, if you look up a little bit, there the first word um, that you see above sample pin is wait. Uh, wait says 100 milliseconds, and it has no, again no stack effects and um, in flash forth, although MS is a word, uh, stands for milliseconds, and basically it's just, I think Arduino has this too. You give it a number and it pauses for that many milliseconds, doesn't do anything, just a, just a delay function. So in this case, it's a fixed 100 milliseconds, that's what I'm using as the uh, wait time. And then, uh, um, and then it closes the gate. So let's take a look at open and closing of the gates. Uh, those are a little bit higher up. Uh, opening the gate, uh, I guess maybe now would be the best time uh, to just think a little bit about what's uh, this fourth code. The The first thing to think about is constants, and uh, the constants are declared higher up in the in the in the um, um, in the code, and the first uh, line of con- that has the word constant in it is this is this line that says dollar sign 100 constant pin H, and uh, so these this is where I'm using a constant merely as a labeling system for these ports that the uh, that are defined in the in the um, at Mega data sheet, 
And so, if you're not, if you don't really know this, you, all of the functionality of a, of a microcontroller is controlled through the manipulation of these registers. And in the um, uh, at Mega Twenty Five Sixty, there's a there's hundred there's there's yeah hundred and well, it's a hex number, 100 hex numbers of these uh, mapped into RAM. And so uh, the if you look at the data sheet, the what you'll see, at the there's a section called registry summary. It's toward the bottom of the data sheet, and it has all of the registers. And some of the registers just take a full 8-bit number, and some of them are broken down where each bit in that in that 8-bit byte that is that register has causes sets up a function of some peripheral be it the serial port the the timers which is what we're going to use here the the whether or not there's interrupts or whether or not the, a pin is uh, can be used to input data or output whether or not you're going to do pulse width modulation so in when you're using arduino and you set up something like digital pin x and it's as an output you're 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 manipulating the registers but it's but it's uh obfuscated from you it's it's uh it's you're not directly unless you dig into it you won't really know what's going on but in fourth it's all exposed to you but uh in that you also need to um uh make sure that uh um you have to make sure that you you understand what's going on because you can make things quit function that you need to function but anyway so i've defined some constants here and uh, to and to use those as labels because it sure is easier to say hey i want to make a pin on port h high easier than remembering dollar sign 102 and uh and then there's uh so there's a there's a quite a number of these that i've defined as constants and they consist of the um the ports that we're going to need for this project and the the ports we're going to use are um uh port h port h has three registers um uh connected to it pin h ddrh and port h they're at uh, hex 100 hex 101 and hex 102 we're going to use the timer counter register four which is um at uh, hex A0, A1, and A8, and we're going to use uh, port E, which is has its um, three registers at uh, hex 2 Charlie, 2 Delta, and 2 Echo. And lastly, we're going to use um, the external interrupt control register um, for, for pin. Um, eh, where is that pin? That's on the... Uh, E port on port E, and then we're going to use there's a mask uh, to do some bit manipulation. Um, I'm sorry, that yeah, there's a mask to do some controlling of that, of whether of how that pin sees inputs and what it sh- what it should do. Um, so those constants are defined there. There's a couple of variables also. A compare is a number that we're, a compare is going to be a value that we use, and count. Uh, is a value that we're uh, that we're going to use. Um, in in fourth, when you when you um, use a constant, if I use it after I've defined it, if I if I type in pin h after I just defined pin h, what it does is it'll put the value uh, that pin h has in it on the stack, which is a dollar sign one hundred in this case, with a variable, a variable because you can you can change the the 
the um, contents of a variable. Do you, when you put a variable's name, when you call it, it puts it initially just puts where the value is stored, what register it is, and then you use a couple of other words to decide what you're going to do with that. Those words are the at symbol and the exclamation symbol. And uh, those stand for fetch and store. Um, the, at, the at sign fetch uh, fetches the value from that register. And the, the exclamation point uh, store stores a value into that variable. A couple other fourth words that we're going to use uh, for this is mset mclear and mtest and those are uh, unique to flash forth those are to help with uh, bit manipulation uh, in a uh, microcontroller like the like the um, at mega 2560 uh, we're also going to use a timer uh, the timer we're going to use is timer 4 timer 4 has the ability to um, toggle the value of um, pin uh, sixth on the Arduino board, um, high or low, in the background at a certain frequency. And we're going to use that for initially as a test function, just to test to see if this logic probe is going to work. And lastly, we're going to use that um, e, uh, that external interrupt register to, to uh, manipulate uh, pin two, two? I think it is pin two. Um, on the board, on the Arduino Mega board, we're going to use to to use it as a um, external interrupt uh, device. Uh, the meat of the logic probe uh, will um, begins at the word uh, ext4.irq. It's an interrupt routine that that when uh, there's an interrupt on that pin. Um, it's going to increase the count, the value in count by one. It fetches count, uh, increases by one, stores the value back into count. Um, the, the logic probe itself is initialized with a few words um, uh, that are in the defining the word logic probe init. And th- th- what you're doing is you're setting up uh, timer register four to um, do what they call CTC mode. Uh, what it does is it, it, it runs a timer, it has a, a compare register, and it just continuously compares that number to what's in the, in the timer. And when the number hits the timer um, count, it um, toggles the value that's on pin 6 and then resets the the timer counter to zero and then continues to do that it does that just in the background so what happened what we're doing is we're setting up a timer we're getting it to toggle this pin high and low and then we're going to do some other stuff and this is this is where the microchips are um well or where um things like in arduino or you don't necessarily see this but it's stuff that runs in the background it's not really they're not interrupts they're, they're actually peripherals running in the background that the the the, the microprocessor works and and queries when it needs to when you need it to to query it. Uh, the um, the rest of the logic probe in it is just to set up the um, 
the correct pins as inputs or as uh, yeah inputs and outputs and to set some uh, pull-up registers and then um, and then it attaches that interrupt routine to the ve- interrupt vector table and to um, to make to fire off that interrupt when it happens so uh, in the um, there's some I, I like to find a few other words start clock and stop clock that's that's just to start and stop timer for uh, you can there's a, a word set frequency that allows you to uh, change the v- compare value to change the frequency of the what's happening on that pin there's a pin high and a pin low and that basically allows us to set the value at uh, uh, port H to high or to low um, to uh, to test out the the logic probe, and then there's those words open gate and close gate. Open gate sets the count to zero, uh, starts the interrupt routine, and then you and then close the gate, shuts off the uh, shuts off the interrupt routine. And then in processing the data, uh, it it does a little bit of it, it reduces the count in count by one, and that's a that's a thing you need to do um, just to clean up the numbers and get the, to get an accurate uh, reading. And then, um, if there is a count, that means that the pin is oscillating. Then it's going to return the frequency by multiplying that value by ten, and then printing it out. If there's no, if the count is uh, zero um, or less, uh, meaning that there was no oscillations, uh, it uh, basically will. Um, um, uh, interrogate pin H, um, and if it, and then tell you if the pin is high or low, and there's the functionality of that logic probe. So just a few words. Uh, it does the difference between um, when I built this up. The real, the really cool thing is, is basically you can you can interactively test all these things. You can ma- manipulate these registers and uh, work at the at the fourth prompt to make sure things work and understand it before you build up your vocabulary and you end up with, um, to, to be able to solve this problem. Uh, if you're interested in that, I, there's more. I did some fourth episodes earlier, uh, fourth on an, on an Arduino, and then there's all kinds of uh, um, information on the web on, on, on fourths on microcontrollers. Uh, so the actual test I'm doing here, uh, just to get this, there's a picture. Uh, it's got the Arduino board with the one wire hooked from pin two to pin four. Um, what you do, what's happen, what'll happen is you'll uh, it's start the 16-bit timer running at 100 hertz. Um, then we'll we'll do a little bit bit manipulation, set it high or low, and then we'll sample the pin to see if it works. And so um, after up, uploading this vocabulary. And uh, starting the um, starting the the Arduino board, uh, I put the uh, output from the serial terminal in the show notes. And so you start out with at the uh, the fourth prompt, which is OK, and then uh, a couple of cl- brackets and a hashtag sign and RAM. That's the that's the fourth prompt. And the first word uh, you type in is uh, logic probe init. And that just sets up the the timer and the and the pin, and then uh, you're, you hit you type in sample pin, 
And then the output from that, it says it's freak equals 100, which is 100 hertz is what we expect. And so it's telling us it's oscillating at 100 hertz. And now if we stop the clock, you're going to sample the pin, and it's either going to come up as low, as ho low or high. In this case, it, it, it told us that the pin is low. And then we can set the pin high by using the word pin high and sample the pin again, and it says that the pin is high. And now uh, if I put in, so the, the original compare value was uh, 1,249. Um, so if I, if I take, basically take a, uh, divide that by 10 and use it just roughly 125, the frequency should go up by, by uh, 10 times because we're causing the, inter the interrupt that triggers 10 times faster. So you should see a frequency of about a thousand. And so, what I did was I uh, the next next thing I did was I put 125, and I called the word set frequency, which basically changes the compare value. I started the clock again, and then I sampled the pin, and sure enough, the uh, frequency uh, that comes out of it is 1,000. So um, it seems like the logic probe is working. And um, with that, I'll uh, bring this show to a close. A um, little bit rambly, I hope it was interesting. To, I think with the show notes and a little thought, you can probably uh, all figure out what I was uh, doing here. Um, for the next show, I uh, will use, I'll repurpose that 16-bit clock and actually use it to drive a Z80. I'll hook up the data port to the, um, uh, to the Arduino Mega, and then we'll uh, set up a no-op test. So we'll have, we'll have power, a clock, and we'll give it some data, and we'll use the logic probe to uh, see if there's any activity on the address bus to see if the pin is, uh, if, the, if the chip is working. Um, so we'll do that in the next episode. We'll use this logic probe to, uh, to move to the next step, which will be a, a, an actual no-op test of this chip. Um, so if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to leave them in the show notes. If you uh, like Forth or if you're doing something with retro computers, please do some episodes for us. It's always interesting. And um, if you uh, want to get a hold of me, I think my email is available there and at HPR. Feel free to email me. Um, and so this is Brian in Ohio. I'm signing off. And I want to remind everybody that you are more than your body. been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.